Today I want to bring a message that's entitled, We Are Given Access. We're Given Access. Hopefully I'll, I'll give you a, a little bit of an image about this access. As we think about what you and I have been given by God as a believer, and it is more than just the honor and more than just the privilege of having direct access to Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's, it's more than that. It's, I, th I don't think our mind can really wrap ourselves around what God has given us as a gift that you and I can enjoy on an everyday basis. Now, I know that we understand prayer. We understand when we bow our heads and we cry out, Abba, Father. We understand when we unload our burdens, how that makes us feel and how that, how that helps us in understanding that God can take that burden away from us and we feel lighter. We understand all that and all that is great. But when we think about having access with God, I want to give you a picture this morning that, that hopefully can give us all a celebrative emotion and realize that it's beyond a privilege. It is a responsibility gathered with privilege. It is filled with joy and thanksgiving, packed with, impacted within us motivation that should encourage us to spend more time with the Father as He desires to hear from you and I every day. And yet, you've got to realize God doesn't need us. Now, I know that sounds crazy for me to say a statement like that. God doesn't need us. We know that. We need God. And yet, 
understanding that when we commit ourselves to him, it's almost like another check on the chalkboard. I got another soldier who loves me, who's committed to me, and who's ready to serve me. And I'm going to put that in, the, in, in a, a new category and say I've got more who's joining the, the army of soldiers who's going to, to live and breathe for me. Well, I want to give you some good news and I want to give you some bad news. And I'm going to start off with the bad news first, okay? Yeah, yeah, why not? And then we're going to look at Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now, think of this, man, mankind, I say man, I'm speaking of male and female, everyone. Mankind's natural state is terrible, okay? By the nature of man, we are under the wrath of God. He is the object of divine wrath because of the sin in our life. By nature, man is shut out from the presence of God. Now, this is by nature. And yet, when mankind took sin into his or her heart, God excluded us from the paradise pictured in the Garden of Eden. A barrier between mankind and the holy presence of God was created, not from God's desire, but from the action of man. And yet, as a result, the protection for sinful man was, e was eroding because of our choices. If man in his natural state and in that sinful state were to wander into the presence of God accidentally, then it would mean total destruction of mankind. He, you and I would die immediately. Now stay with me. You and I would be burned into nothingness by the holy flame of God. And yet the conclusion of the Roman letter, the letter we're getting ready to read a passage from, is that the natural condition of each of us is stated very clearly. In and of yourself and in and of myself, we have no access to God. All that that you and I can expect from God is really condemnation. It's wrath. And this is what you deserve, and this is what I deserve. Now, that's the bad news. Now, the good news is, but for those who have been justified, something glorious has happened. They have been giving access into the presence of God. Something has occurred because of God's actions toward mankind. And the door has flung open so that we can have access to God. Already, we have noticed that those who have been justified have peace with God. And now the Apostle Paul adds that we have access. Now in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, it says this, Therefore, since we have been declared, since we have been declared, since God has, has, has laid down the final word because He said it and because He did it, we have been declared righteous by faith not by works, not by actions, not by thoughts, not by our desire, but by faith, God has declared us righteous. And yet we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Also through Him, we have obtained access by faith. Access by faith into His grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And that's a lot in those two verses. And yet it says, and now not only that, oh my, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that the affliction produces endurance. And yet endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. 
This hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has given to us. And while we were still helpless, while we were still in the state of our sinfulness, while we were still by the natural state of who we are, dead in our sin, at the appointed moment, at the appointed moment when Jesus Christ said, it is finished, died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. Maybe think about it. But God proves his own love for us in while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, we will be saved through him from wrath. You hear that? So he brings the good news back into our lives. Even though we have been, we chose to move out of his presence because of sin, God declares us right and brings us back into that accessible point to where we have fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And yet while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will, be, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, oh my goodness, even more, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Now this word here of access is interesting because this is the key to the entire passage. When you look at Romans, now the key obviously is what Jesus Christ did for us, but the key result is that you and I have access. And that word access is used of introducing someone or ushering someone into the presence of the king. Eric, come here just a second if you don't mind. I wanna give you a vivid picture of what this access of introduction is. Uh, now picture this. Now I know with us who've all done Zoom, you understand in a Zoom room, or you get into a Zoom meeting, you have a waiting room. And you go into the waiting room, and the leader of the Zoom uh, meeting basically hits the button to admit you into the meeting. And that's kind of for security purposes. Now we've gotten rid of the waiting room, because we want people just to come on in. But that's a lot of how you, you expect. So we understand a waiting room. I'm sure all of us have been in a waiting room outside of a courtroom. Maybe we have been pulled for jury duty and we're in there with 200 people and we're in this big waiting room and all of a sudden someone stands up and calls our name. And we have to stand up and give an account of who we are, what our profession is, uh, maybe give a little, by talking, we just let the, the, those who are going to select the jury pool uh, know a little bit about us. And then we'll, if it, if it, after they do that, then we go into a second waiting room. And in that second waiting room is when they really get down to the basics and start finding out who you are. Now, this is, this is the access. It's like all thousands and thousands of people are in this waiting room. And all of a sudden, someone calls up and says, Eric Sin, let me introduce you to Father God. Father God, let me introduce you to Eric Sin. And this is Jesus talking. And he says, I have known him for 20 years. He has been a part of who I am. I have empowered him as a believer. And Father God, I am presenting you Eric Sin. And Eric now has access to you as the father. And you and Eric are going to have a good time because Eric's going to give you all his heart. He's going to love you with every part of his being. It's almost like the thousands of people then start cheering and clapping and saying, Yay, Eric, way to go, Eric. You now have access to Father God. Enjoy your life with God. That's beautiful, isn't it? That's the picture to where you and I 
are given an introduction. When you and I commit our life to Christ, that's when Christ on our behalf, who is seated at the right hand of the Father, punches God and says, we got another one. <laughs> and I want to give you a complete introduction. Here is your child. And this child has access to you, Father, for, for, for eternity. And it's a joyful thing. We have that personal invitation given to us by Jesus Christ because of what he's done. And it goes back to the scripture in Matthew chapter 27 and in verse 50, 51, somewhere, I think. Okay, let me find it. Uh, yes, 50. Jesus shouted again with a loud voice and he gave up his spirit. We're talking about Christ on the cross. And this is what the scripture says in verse 51. Suddenly, the curtain of the sanctuary was split in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks split. Now up to this point, the Hebrew mind was used to the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement was that the priest would enter behind the Holy of Holies, this big, beautiful curtain. The priest was the only one allowed to go behind the curtain. And inside that, behind the curtain, was the incense that was, was just beautifully going up to God as a symbol of, of prayers that are getting ready to be offered up to heaven. The priest would represent the entire Hebrew people. He would represent the nation of people. And once a year would go behind the Holy of Holies and would offer atonement for sin, would ask God's forgiveness, and would ask God to reconcile the people unto himself. Yet when Christ died, the curtain was torn from top to bottom, which indicates that nobody can tear that curtain from top to bottom. It's easier to tear it from bottom to top, but it was torn from the top to the bottom. And the curtain was split. Therefore, everyone is given the access into the Holy of Holies. So that introduction is that here stands one who's committed their life to you, Father, and they have direct access to walk into the Holy of Holies, which is the presence of God. That's the joy of committing our life to Him. That's the joy of understanding that you and I stand there and we're waiting in that bold claim for our name to be called and us introduced to the Father. You see, it's all because of us being justified by faith, not by actions. Access into the grace of God has been given through the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me talk about some different aspects of His grace. I'm just going to give you three of them. Not to belabor your time, but something to give you... So hopefully some nuggets to think about. That different, acts, acts, different aspects of his grace that are suggested from Romans and understanding this joy that you and I have been given. First of all, is our access is through Christ Jesus. And you say, that's nothing new. It, it isn't nothing new, but it is the most profound statement of Scripture that you and I are given access through Christ. Human nature says, okay, I'll clean up my life and I will do my best and I will present myself clean. I will do the good works. Maybe God will smile on me and have greater favor because I'm living a good life. You can live your life as good and clean as you want and your life and my life could never match what is required to have access to the Father. It is only through the Lord Jesus Christ, when you and I commit our life to Him, we gain access into the presence of God. We walk through the curtain that once was there into the holy of holy moments, into the presence of God, and we are having direct access, communication from our heart to God's. That is more than a privilege. That is more than an honor. That is something that should bring joy and thanksgiving to our heart because we are introduced to the living God and we gain favor 
because of what Christ has done on our behalf. This is the most important aspect of our understanding as being a believer in the kingdom of God. The Christian is a person who has found this access but is re and readily confesses that he found the access through the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the way the statement begins, through him, through Christ. This points us back directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. Man cannot gain access on his own efforts. He cannot, cannot gain access on his own favor. None would dare venture into the presence of God on their own. It's like, I don't need you, Jesus, to find God. I'm going to shake him and I'm going to get his attention. You can do it all you want, but remember, the fiery presence of God is filled with wrath of those who are outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. But for those who have committed their life to Christ, he has declared us righteous. He has told us, you have access to me 24-7, and you have access to your Father, and you have the privilege and the joy of knowing me as your Father. Beautiful moment happens when the Lord Jesus Christ introduces us through his blood, through his work, through his, his, his eternal life, we have given access into the presence of God. You see, in the Old Testament tabernacle, that, that, that temple, it was a, that heavy veil that hangs between the worshiper and it hangs between the people and God but what happens is when the, when the veil was torn, the manifestation of the presence of God is before us. Only the high priest would venture beyond that veil before it was torn. And once a year he would do that, and yet on that day of atonement, covered with the smoke of incense, early in the history of the tabernacle, two of the sons of Aaron, you remember, violated that rule and went beyond the veil in other words, they said, we're going to get to God on our own and we're not going to go through the, 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 through the high priest. And as a result, they were burned to death because of the divine presence of God. Jesus is declared in Scripture as the high priest. He becomes our high priest. So therefore, we get access into the Holy of Holies through the high priest. He represents us for the Father, sitting at the right hand of God and says, this is my child. This is one who I know. Therefore, Father, he, here he is. Here she is. I introduce you to your child through me. You see, that's more than a privilege. We gain access through Christ. One aspect is found in the fact that Jesus removed the sin which was preventing us from coming into the presence of God. That's why it's important that Christ died once and for all, the scripture says, for our sin. That's why it's so important that we believe that, we know that it becomes the foundation theologically of what Christ did. It is through Christ that, that our sins have been placed upon him so that we could have be, be declared righteous before the Father. And yet Jesus is able to introduce us to the Father without fear of divine wrath because he died upon the cross for you and me and he's offered for our trespasses and he has raised us for that justification to grant us that access. Another part of the truth is that we approach God through him. God deals with us through Christ. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. That's why it's important to recognize the divine trinity in the fact of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the part of the divine truth that sets forth even more plainly in the latter part of that letter and all throughout the writings that one of the things that happened on the day that Jesus died was the destruction of the veil that separated us from the holy place and allows us to enter into and as an outward sign of that effectiveness of that work of our Lord upon the cross is the willingness of the Father to open the door of his throne room and say to us, welcome 
into my presence. That's powerful because he should have said, he could have said, you're not worth it. Your sin's too much. It's too weighty. I'm going to wipe out the earth all over again and start again in the Garden of Eden. But he didn't. The only access that any man can have to God is the basis of the work of Christ on the cross and through the high priestly ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is through him we have access and it is a joy. So we gain access through the Lord Jesus Christ. A second aspect of this grace is our access is into grace. All right, grace is the favor of God. We can define it many different ways, but it all goes back to this definition. Grace is God's favor upon us. It is presented as though it were a place, a large room, and the Lord Jesus Christ brings each believer into that room, into that hall, and given a place within that hall, and being a state of divine favor opens up for us the change of man, change of mankind, man and woman, and man by nature, the child of wrath, now is given favor, not as a child of wrath, but a child of grace, entering into the presence of God, not based on merits, not based on wrath, not based on, on anything, but God's grace sustaining us for that experience. That's why you can gather with a group of friends out in the yard, around the cross, or, or inside a building, or where it's one or two, or whether it's you by yourself. That's why we can gather and we can pray and we, we have direct access as a group, an individual, as a family, wherever we are. And we're given that wonderful privilege of talking to the Father. Grace is the opposite of wrath, isn't it? While wrath is what we deserve, grace is the privilege that says, come into my presence. Sit down a while. Spend a little bit of time. This means that right now that you and I, if we've given our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, have been justified and are in a place where we are overshadowed by the divine favor. I've given you this picture before. And if you ever want to, to make in your mind the image of what you're doing, I trust that you can do it this way. I want you to see God sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. I want you to see God on a throne that when you get to his feet, you have to look up to see him. Why do I put that picture before you? Because he deserves that position. He deserves for us to realize that when we enter in his presence, that he is high and mighty and he's lifted up above us, that he is powerful, that he is unique, unlike any other that we could ever experience in life. And we get down on our knees and we fall down before his throne and we, we, we're still looking up to God. And if I can't get up, somebody help me. And we look up to God and then we notice God's getting off his throne. And he comes and he sits down in the floor with us. And he says to us, eye to eye, tell me what's on your mind. Tell me, what, what is it that you need me to do? What is it that I can help you with? What is it that's bothering you? What is it that, that you can watch me do something that no one else can do in life? What is it that, that I can do within you that's going to change you from this very moment? And you're looking into his eyes and you see tears coming down his face. And he says, thank you. Thank you, my son. Thank you, my daughter, for talking to me today. Because I'm going to do something for you that's going to blow your mind because I love you. I've already proven it. I sent my son to die for you. I've proven it in flesh. God in flesh dying for you. And now you're sitting there before me. And I've got your attention and you've got mine. Now give me what's on your heart. Beautiful picture, isn't it? And we are 
communicating. We're accessing the Father at that very moment. And all those in the waiting room are peering their ears, are peering their ears to the side of the wall wondering, what's going on? What's going on between them and God? It's like the American Idol where you see the family outside waiting <laughs> to see if they get the golden ticket. Everybody's pierced up against the wall. What's happening? What's happening between God and that person? Something holy and precious is happening all because of the grace of God. All because of God considering us more important than anything that he has created. He said it is good when he created the world. As we said in Sunday school last week, it is very good when he created man. And knowing that creation, it becomes the crowning moment of creation when he created mankind. And we are important to God and we matter to God. And God answers us by saying to us through Christ, you have direct access to me. You don't need a priest. You don't need anyone else. You just need the high priest. And it's through Christ. And grace allows you into my presence. A presence that's not ready to burn you up, but a presence that's ready to overshadow you with grace. Accepted is the verbal form of the word grace. He has graced us through his beloved. He has accepted us through his beloved. And yet all the favor and all the goodness of God has been bestowed upon us in and through the beloved. That is the one that God has eternally loved through the Lord Jesus Christ and that eternal love through Christ is given to us. And so you can say today, I have eternal love in, within me. Why? Because God lives within us through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That's what Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 is all about. The Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit into the life of the believer. That's who God is. So our access is through Christ Jesus. Our access is into grace. And number three, our access is a fixed privilege. You know, you see all these advertisements now that you, if you want to refinance your home, you can do it with this fixed rate of 2.25% and all that good stuff. Now, we understand something that's fixed, but we also understand that, that fixed rate changes. But with God, our access is a fixed privilege that will never change. This is one of those places where we obviously have difficulty understanding in English exactly what Paul was saying in the Greek because both of the verbs in that sentence where he says that we have been given access is Greek perfect tense, which means that they point to something that has been completed in the past that has abiding results for the present and the future. It's hard for us to translate it, but it kind of could be translated this way, through whom we have access with the result that we permanently have access through His grace. This is obviously not a smooth transition or a translation of that scripture, but it gives the idea that we now stand and will stand in the favor of God. Now, you're going to make mistakes and I'm going to make mistakes. People are going to judge us by our attitude. They're going to judge us by our, our mistakes. They may even gasp when we do something wrong or the sin in our life. But if you and I have the privilege and have been granted access to the Father, it's fixed. It's not going to change. It hurts the Father when we sin against Him. It hurts the Father when we are not doing as we are commanded to do to live in obedience and to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It hurts the Father. It hurts our communion with the Father when all that happens. But it's not going to change the fact that we belong to Him and that we have a fixed privilege that is always there. So we can cry out to God even if we've been distant from God for 20 years and we can say, Father, I'm back. That's why He gives us back the attention and he says, welcome back. That's why the prodigal, the prodigal son was so welcomed back 
because the father never lost sight of his son. It was a fixed privilege to always be a part of that family. And when you and I, regardless of what we've done, we have the fixed privilege of coming back to the Father. And I'm not advocating live life all you want for the next 30 years and have no disregard of God and then come back to Him before you die and get it all straight. No, that's not what we're talking about. Because you're going to miss so many blessings. You're going to miss so much power. You're going to miss so much direction that God gives you. You're going to forego all of God's, of who He is in your life. But yet, at the same time, if that does happen, you can call on Him and He says, I hear you, my son. I hear you, my daughter. What's on your mind? He gets off that throne. He gets back down on the ground and he sits there in Indian style and he says, tell me, what can I do to help you today? What's on your mind? What's really bothering you? What do you need to confess? Give me all that's within you and I promise you, I'm going to clean you up beyond your imagination. I'm going to empower you beyond that which you could ever dream of. I'm going to put something within you that's going to be a fire all the way down to the, the core being of who you are when you commit your life totally to me. How do we find access into this grace? We said it's through the Lord Jesus Christ and was on the basis of God's justifying work that we are made acceptable to God and that we are allowed to enter into his holy presence. And yet God's justifying work is the act whereby you and I are gifted with righteousness. We're gifted with faith. We're gifted with cleanliness. We're gifted with the privilege of calling him father. Yet any test that would indicate that, that I was nothing but a sinner is always before us. And you and I must always remember we're nothing but a sinner. But we are a sinner saved by grace. Faith in Him by grace and not of works. Since I did not gain access through human effort, the maintenance of it does not depend upon human effort. I received it by grace and the privilege continues that is mine because of grace. Does this make us presumptuous? No. However, it does bring me to a deep sense of confidence. It brings me to a deep sense of assurance. My ability to earn the favor of God is not greater now than it was before I was saved. It is not based on my human effort. It is based on the fact that I walk into his throne room and God says, welcome, Benji. Give me what's on your mind. Tell me what I can do to help you. Share with me everything that's within you. It is because of humility and gratitude to know that God has bestowed upon me graciously, has bestowed upon you graciously, the access point so that we can stand in the favor of God. If we look at God and say, God, I'm not worthy to be here. Don't talk that way. You are worthy to be in my presence. You are worthy, not because of the good life you lived or not because of the things that you've changed, not because of letting loose of the addictions of your life, not because you gave up serving yourself. You are given this privilege and you are given this favor because I saved you, because I live within you. And it is the blood of Christ that has covered your sin that's allowing you your moment with me. Powerful, isn't it? Tremendous practical implications are all throughout the scripture and it's drawn from the truth that we are granted that access. This truth becomes the very basis of our prayer life. Our approach to God is on the basis of the fact that we have access to Him and we stand in His favor through the Lord Jesus Christ. This means that we do not approach it on our own merits, but on the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And if we ever doubt it, he's going to nudge him. <laughs> Father, here is Benji. I'm granted him access into your presence. Enjoy your moment with him. And Benji, don't take it for granted that you are in the presence of holy God. Address him as your father. Address him through Jesus' name. And know that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to give you the words to have conversation with God. He's going to pray through you. Powerful, isn't it? This means that we don't approach him, as I said, on our own merits, but it adds the boldness to our request to, to have fellowship with God. His heart is already favorable towards you. He's already favorable towards me because of the Lord Jesus Christ. This truth should bring confidence to the approach to our life. If things depend on us, then we can never be confident to know that we can have access to God. If they depend on what Christ has done for us, then we have no reason to fear. Thanks be unto God for justification. Thanks be unto God for reconciliation. Thanks be unto God for the, the, the veil that is now torn that gives me access into the holy presence of holy God. Thanks be unto God that he holds the key that unlocks the door to his throne room. Thanks be unto God that he gets off that throne, he sits down on the floor with me, and he understands who I am. It is not based on who you are. It's not based on what we've done. It's based on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the favor that we all enjoy. The grace which we're now receiving is not coming to us because of our goodness, but it comes to us because of the work of Christ. So when, he, when you read in Scripture, it is finished. Now we know what that means. No more sin did you ever have to die for. We know that. We know all the plan of God that was put in place, it's complete. It's finished. But he, when he says it is finished, He's basically saying to us justified sinners, you now have access directly to Father God. This is the basis of our blessed assurance. It is not based upon something we feel because feelings are so unpredictable, but upon the very place into which God has brought us through his son. What a privilege. What an honor. What a joy. What a gift. What private moment that I can have with the God who created everything and said it's good. And when he created human life, he said it's very good. So I ask you this question. Have you been introduced to the Father? Do you have access to God? Yes. Amen. If you have that access, you know it's an amen. But if you don't, then I beg you today to give Him your life through Christ and say, I give you my life, Lord Jesus. Save me, because I am a sinner bound for condemnation to be consumed with fire. But through you, I need justification. I need to be reconciled with the creator of this world. Very simple. That's why the angels of heaven rejoice, because the throne room becomes empty. It becomes silent and the doors fling open over one sinner who's just been introduced to the father. Here's another child of yours, daddy. Receive them through me. They've been granted favor, grace through me.
I have saved them and I have washed them. I have given them new birth. I have regenerated them by the washing of the blood. Receive them. Here's your son and here's your new daughter. Enjoy them as they enjoy you through me. Thanks be unto God for that reception. And if you've never committed your life to Christ, wherever you are, if you're home in your living room right now, wherever you're listening to this at, just stop what you're doing, just fall on your knees and just cry out to God. God, I give you my life. Save me. I am a sinner. I want to know access to my Father. If you're in this place today and you've never made that commitment, we want you to give your life to Christ today. We want you to call upon Him. Just a moment, we, we're going to sing a song and, and join in a song that's being sung. And, and, I, and I trust that that song will help things just, just sink in, knowing that, that the friendship of God is so beautiful. And as you hear that song sing, sung, maybe that's your invitation to say to God, God, I want to know this friendship. I want to be in friendship with you. Save me from myself and give me new life. Of course, I'm available after service to help you. Phone call away. If I can't help you, I'll find somebody who will. Whatever the need is, do not leave this place today without knowing that you have access to the Father through Christ. Father God, we thank you that you give us such joy, that you give us such, such honor to come into your throne room of your presence in the holiness of who you are, the creator of this world, and to cry out to you and to talk with you as a child in need of a father, of a son and a daughter who needs their daddy, who needs that fellowship, who needs that communion, who needs a heart that's, that's unloaded with all the heaviness and, and give it to you. Father, thank you for receiving us and thank you for smiling upon us with your favor through Christ. Thank you for helping us to all know that we have, we have a friend that is beyond the definition of friendship on the face of this earth. That it's a friendship that is so warm and inviting, that is so open and receptive, that is forgiving and not judgmental. We thank you, Father, that we can be clean, that we can be fresh, that we can be anew. Thank you for loving us and thank you for your beautiful favor and allowing us to stand in your presence, kneel before you as our God and call you Daddy. In your name that we pray, amen. Too bad.
Thank you.